Welcome in. Welcome back. This is the Motown Rundown. It is May 13th, which is a Thursday. Um, guys, first of all, we need to make an intro again. I think the, the whole situation with us, with our intro getting pulled, is bullshit. I hate to start the show with such crass language, but it is bullshit that our intro got pulled. Because we did have one of the most elite intros that, that's out there in the podcast world, but... Every, every week when I listen back to these shows and I review the tape because it's we have the growth mindset over here on the Motown Rundown, something's just missing. I think it's the intro. I, I would agree. We could use an intro. One, one quick thought on that song, Detroit Rock City. It's an absolute banger. It is. But I just – I wish someone else – I wish it was like Alice Cooper who sang it because he's like from Detroit, not oh like – God, dude. Kiss is so overrated. Name three good oh. songs. Uh, rock and roll all night. Detroit Rock City. Besides Detroit Rock City. Um, They're so overrated. Song, They're just... uh, is it Emily? What is it? That uh, song he sings in Role Models? Have you guys ever uh, seen Role Models? Yeah, no. I don't remember it, though. That song's oh, a rock, Yeah, Rock and Roll All Night. I will say one of the greatest movie scenes of all time is in Paul Blart when he's in the mall and he's playing is Guitar it, Hero dude? with the Detroit, Detroit Rock yeah. City. And the mall's getting robbed, and he mall, and everyone's banging on the glass. <laughs> I, I'm as big as a Kevin James guy as anyone. I hate that that movie. Like, does nothing for me. I don't that like. I don't hate it. I don't. I'll take that. I don't hate it. But like, I love Kevin James and King of Queens. I like Hitch. Kevin James and Hitch might have should have like won an Academy Award. He was that good in Hitch. But like, Paul Blart, like for the love it gets, I just I just don't get it. Like I'm like, it's all right. You like Grown Ups. Oh, I love Grown Ups. Yeah, I love Grown Ups too. Grown Ups Two might be the worst movie ever made, and I'll watch it every time it's on. Oh yeah, it is. It's awesome. I'm like, why is Shaq have like a role in this movie? He is so bad. <laughs> He's just. So like David Spade has a kid who's like seven feet tall. When David Spade's like five four. Yeah. Great plot. Love it. Collins, I forgot you're such a big David Spade guy. And Stone Cold Steve Austin is the bad guy in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Yeah. Love yeah. every second of Grown Ups too. Taylor Lautner's a frat boy. That is, that is a great movie. It is it is a quintessential like oh it's three o'clock on FX. They're just playing grown ups too to fill time. Yep. And you're like this is fantastic. Yep. Like a raft out of hell, baby. That's what it is. Yep. What else is going on? I don't know. You guys are both in the workforce now. I'm over here just trying to enjoy my summer. Now I'm getting the Sunday scaries because I'm about to be a senior. Oh. Trent, Trent, no, dude, what's it called? Are you what's it called? TB, can you tell everyone what you're doing for the summer? I want to see Rabs' reaction. Have you told Rabs what no, you're doing? I don't think so. No, we tell, haven't. Tell Rabs what you're doing. I want to see his reaction because I think Trent might be like the most perfect person for this job. This <laughs> my, my brothers and I are all doing the same thing. We are all wait. Can I guess? Can I guess? Can I guess? Can I guess? Yes, yes guess. Lifeguard. Kind of close. They do have a lifeguard five. That's a great yeah. answer. <laughs> <laughs> lifeguard or, or making the chicken like my, like Miles was cool. made to be a lifeguard. He definitely has been a lifeguard before. Am I crazy? He's a lifeguard in another universe, yes. Yes. Mostly just right. like what is it? That's my only guess. What is it? Um, we are working at the daycare that is run through my my the schools that I grew up in, like Granville Public Schools, we are yeah. doing called summer yeah. recreation for four That's hours awesome. a day. We're gonna hang out with the kids. It's gonna be it's gonna be a great time. I'm excited. 
that's that's fantastic dude i i i commend you for doing that i love kids i really do and you you guys how old are they the... tb but it's Sorry, like, I cut you off i'm like i think I it's a bitch feel about how you like kids and just it's fine it's fine i'm fine i think it's like kindergarten to sixth grade so it's like they're all ages so the sixth graders, you're going to be like crossing up on the blacktop because they're going to think that like, they fun. love it. You know what I mean? They love hanging out with like the older guys, the young, the young adults. That's how those kids operate. But, but dude, I'm such a, I'm such a young kids guy. Like they're hilarious to me. Like my mom teaches kindergarten and I love going into the class all the time. Like it's so fun. Do kindergartners still poop like in their pants? Or are they? Oh, sure, dude. Yeah. Occasionally, occasionally but I'll, I'll, 99 you I, mean, I, I feel like i was still ripping it in my pants every once in a while <laughs> like, i'm not like i i don't think that's a crazy thing to say accidents happen bro i get accidents happen but i'm asking like, on a regular basis i don't know if kindergartners no. are still wearing pull-ups not on a regular you, basis no but the shame you have as a child when you poop your pants is second to none you're like damn it i did it again <laughs> Right, because it's like, at what age do you get the mental capacity of like, dude, I'm going to have to poop. I need to go right now. I think after kindergarten, it's like a no-go. I think kindergarten might be like a cutoff. For like, if it happens, like whatever. It, like it happened, well, yeah. we move on. Yeah. But like first, first grade, grade, you better be potty, like locked in. <laughs> yeah, agree, agree. <sighs> Unreal. Well, that's great, Trent. I'm, that's, I'm glad to hear. Collins, nope. what, what are you doing again for the summer? I work at a radio station in Toledo part-time. Really? When, yeah. was, when did this news come out? What are you traveling out to Toledo? I I currently live in uh, Celine with my sister. Thank you, Aaron, for how. Thank you, Aaron and John, for housing me. You're there right now. No, I'm in East Lansing because I just had my second shot of COVID today. Hats off to you, Ryan Collins. Thank you for your service. Yeah, I what's the call? I want to thank everyone. I almost put my vaccine card on my social media. Oh my so god, I- spare me. <laughs> what's though there's one of my buddies who gets like so mad about it i almost made like a pro we were talking about this all my friends when we got our first one we're like uh we should like make you know how you can make like a private snapchat story yeah we were just gonna make it just for him and we we're all gonna do it we're gonna be like thank you like whitmer and all this stuff just to like get him riled up <laughs> like, just <laughs> but whatever i love it well, let's uh, let's move into the sports here today. We're gonna cover. We're gonna touch all the bases here. We got all four teams for you. Um, the Pistons have two games left to play, so their season is almost over. The Wings have wrapped up their season. We will talk about that. The Tigers are on a three-game win streak. Don't call it a comeback. We'll get winning right now. Later. Yep, you want to buy in now. Buy low, and they're gonna they're going to the playoffs. I'm sure. Uh, then the Lions' schedule has been released officially for the 2021-22 season. So we will talk about that at the end of the show before we get into America's favorite segment, Trent's Trifecta. But um, we do have to talk about the Pistons to start the show. I guess uh, notables coming out of the Pistons camp, head coach Dwayne Casey has been extended through the 2023-24 season. I personally think it was a no-brainer. I don't really – I haven't really heard of anyone that's been like, why is this guy still here? Um, Dwayne Casey to me is a guy that I think relates really well to the young players. I actually credit to me went to the Pistons game as we talked about last episode. So I do have some feedback on the Pistons. Once we get your thoughts on, uh, on the Dwayne Casey ordeal, I can't imagine I'm going to hear either of you bang the table about it, but, um, Dwayne Casey sticking around. Yeah, it's, I, I love it because look, I, I talked about it couple weeks ago but really the whole Casey thing is awesome because he was the reigning coach of the year in Toronto 
basically got blackballed because he couldn't beat LeBron. Like everyone else has that problem too. It's whatever. You shouldn't yeah. lose your job for it. You, you know, he only went to like three conference finals in three years, yeah, whatever. Exactly. So he got blackballed out of there and Detroit scooped him up and he came here trying to take that Andre Blake and Reggie trio over the top. Didn't happen. And then you kind of saw a change in uh, tone with the Pistons completely embracing the rebuild this season. And they've been watchable. Collins and I have banged the table here for months about how the Pistons are a golden trash bag. Like they're, they're, they're going to get a top three pick now. I don't know if you saw the loss to Minnesota the other night, but that locked up, that locked up a top three pick. No, it didn't. Stop. It locked up odds for top three picks. So my point is that this team is so young. We talk all season long about Killian Hayes, Isaiah Stewart, Sadiq Bay, Saban Lee, uh, Tyler Cook, Frank Jackson, Josh Jackson, all these guys who are just so fun to watch. Davidas Servitas is now getting playing time. It's just – it's awesome. And Dwayne, like you said, Rabs has really connected with the young guys. So to see him get that extension through the 2024 season, which is in what, three, three years from now, that's basically going to be when these guys are kind of like hitting their prime. So you're really going to have a make or break decision when that season rolls around and whatever. But I, I, I am ecstatic that Dwayne's sticking around. Collins, what do you think? I was shocked. Like after last year, I had the buy where I was like, I feel like Dwayne Casey's not going to want to sit this out. And, and we've talked about this before, but the situation he came into, he was expecting this team to be like a six to seven seed and not really into a rebuilding mode. And they kind of changed gears on the fly, but like, why wouldn't you want to stay if you're Dwayne Casey? Like, if you want to continue coaching, this team's going to be fun to coach in the next couple of years. It really is. And if, and especially if they get another top tier guy, but like, I mean, we talked about all the young guys. They made some really nice, and I kind of said this last week, but I like Frank Jackson's been really good. Hamane Diallo has showed signs of life. Um, who may forget Josh Jackson's, and I think the most underrated player this entire year. I think you found something there. And then, of course, the rookies have been great. But, like, like why wouldn't you want to stay here? I'm just – I was shocked he w- wanted to stay after last year, especially after the regime changed too. So, I- I'm happy that everyone's on the same page in the front office because so, when you have a head coach who's kind of retained under new, like, management, sometimes it can be a little sticky. It seems like him and Weaver are on the same page. And the Pistons have a bright future. So, I'm actually – it's cited, and I think it's the right move because I think Casey's got the respect of the young guys. Like you say, I've done this before. Even though he hasn't really won a championship, he'd be like, see all those guys in Toronto? I developed them. I made them into better players, and I'm going to do that for you so you can make some more money. So I'm happy. There are two quick thoughts I want to give on the Pistons, just real quick before we move on and talk some wings and let Rabs just get on his soapbox. Uh, Sekou Domboya has been fantastic the last two weeks. In the last two weeks, he's had games with 12 points, 12 points, 14, 20, 14, 9. You know, like he's actually being productive now. So that's awesome after Collins and I have kind of been a little apprehensive. He's, he's ended the season strong. And also, last thing, uh, the NBA awards, you know how they do that now? The little uh, – the, the candidates were announced this week. And Isaiah Stewart and Sadiq Bey are both all rookie candidates. And I, Sadiq Bey is going to get a spot on one of those two teams. I know he is. Isaiah Stewart, I am here to beat the drum for Isaiah Stewart. He needs to be on the all-rookie first or second team. He is leading all rookies in rebounding, and it's not close. Field goal percentage and blocks. If, if, if someone is leading all rookies in rebounds, field goal percentage, and blocks, they got to be one of your top ten rookies. They just have to be. So that, that's my last point on the Pistons. Isaiah Stewart's been awesome. That's my guy. If he wasn't number 28, I'd get a jersey because I feel like he might switch his number next year. But I, 
We'll see. I love Isaiah. I, I don't know. I think 28 fits him in a weird way. But um, is he 28 at Washington? I feel like he was. No, he's 33. 33. 33. 33. Um, uh. TB, I want your thoughts on Killian Hayes. I know you've watched a little bit more than I have. I've watched a couple of games that he's played. What Have you been impressed or have you been disappointed since his return since injury? Extremely impressed. Extremely impressed. Like Extremely impressed? I, yeah. Because, dude, you got to remember this injury, people were talking about how it was the same injury that Isaiah Thomas, fake Isaiah Thomas, not real Isaiah Thomas, had. And it basically derailed his career after he went from being a top three MVP vote getter and then he just sucked for like – Four years and he's now out of the league I believe so like I was I was a little like it was gut-wrenching when Killian went down with that particular injury and for him to come back in, in a shorter period of time than expected and to basically end the season on a high note because before the injury he was not playing that great you know I remember Collins no he wasn't you and I were having the conversations of like dude why didn't they take Halliburton and that kind of thing but we both kind of I still think there is a conversation there but yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're I mean, we both wanted Hayes. We can't lie. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to say I wanted him over Halliburton. And I'm going to stand by the guy because I still think he has the higher ceiling. But that I, I have been pretty impressed. Have you not? His jumper needs a lot of work, and that's concerning. Do I think yeah. he can play? Do you, I do I think he can play in the league? Yes. Do I think he's a bona fide starter? I don't have that answer. His offensive game looks a little shaky to me. That's I know, but if you you can, dude, he runs the offense. You, if you I don't, him, that's the thing, the thing. Did you see the thing? Casey said, I want to play him off ball a little bit too. I don't see that at all for him. He's he's a ball he's a ball dominant guy. Like that, that's right. He's a good defender too. That's what I like about him. Just he plays good defense and he's a really good passer. So like he could be a guy who could run your second unit. Say they get lucky and get Suds or Cade Cunningham. Know what I mean? You're later, K. Killian, if he's fine with that role. So I could see that, but like, I, I, I'm not out on him, and I think he's like he can play in the league. Like, it's not like oh, he stinks. Like immediately, right. it's just he's got a lot of work with his jump shot, and especially for a guy who looks to be in high pick and roll, to utilize that as much, he needs to get that mid range and to be able to just hit a step in three pointer every once in a while. That's the only concern I have for him. But I'm just I, I don't know if he's a bona fide starter going forward just yet. All right, I'm higher on him than I than you are, I think. But overall, yeah, pretty impressed. But that that's all that's all we got for Pistons, I believe. Unless Rabs has any thoughts. Well, here's I I went to the game against the Memphis Grizzlies the other night. Nice to see Jaron play. Axe was out with an illness that hurts. But I will say this as a guy who has probably watched, I couldn't. I actually could not tell you the last time that I sat. And I love the Pistons. I love the Pistons. I could not tell you the last time that I sat down and watched four quarters of a Pistons game. I was thoroughly impressed. And this was a game too that I did not see Jeremy Grant play. I did not see Killian Hayes play. Plumlee did not play. I'm trying to think of who else, but. Guys that impressed me, Sekou was very impressive. Sadiq Bey was very impressive. Frank Jackson was very impressive to me as well. And I'll tell you the thing that I really enjoyed about watching this team, they play with some awesome pace. Like when they're moving, like they, like it's fun to watch. It really is. I don't need to see Isaiah Stewart pulling up from three. Like that bothers me. I get he's an undersized guy that can like play the five but they are a pretty fun team to watch. So I'm not going to say that I'm bought it on the Pistons. Like I'm going to be sitting on my couch every night watching them, but I will at least tip my cap because they have a product that I think will be pretty, uh, pretty nice to watch here in the coming years. So they're, they're the farthest along. I think actually 
I mean, we're having a discussion about the Tigers, and I know I'm probably on the most optimistic side of this after, like, two weeks of me just, like, ripping on them. But, like, I, I truly believe the Pistons, like, on paper are the farthest along in their rebuild compared to everyone else. And they started it second to last out of anyone. Like, the Lions just started their rebuild. Like, sort of the Pistons. And, like, one year you're like, I'm very intrigued by this team. After you're thinking, like, oh, they're going to stink for a while. No, they're going to be really interesting in that couple sure. of years. I'll give that to you for sure. Two games left to play for the Pistons. They sit at dead last in the East, which is good, which is good for the tank. Um, They will play the Nuggets at home tomorrow night being Friday. When that season wraps up, I'm sure we'll have a comprehensive overview or review, I should say, of the Pistons season. Now let's talk about the Red Wings. It seems like the Wings have kind of fallen by the wayside a bit since the trade deadline. Um, I will give my thoughts on the season as a whole. We will talk about the Jeff Blashill situation. We will talk about the roster going forward. I don't really want to touch the draft yet because we are still a bit of a ways away. Um, and we also have to talk about the expansion draft too with Seattle and who the Red Wings could potentially be losing in that, which in my opinion, won't be anyone too major. Um, and then I will open myself up for media availability. If Trent, you have any questions for me, as you usually do, I will be happy to answer those questions. So let's talk about uh Let's talk about the Red Wings, shall we? I don't know what's going on outside this this office right now. With these guys are like throwing. Is the lap. train moving? No, no trains yet today. Knock on wood. It's it's been such a blessing that I that we have not had any trains. But um, I digress. So Red Wings finish their season. Obviously, a fifty six game slate for the NHL teams this year. Um, Nineteen twenty seven and ten. Second to last in the Central Division. So if you're a Wings fan and, and all these people that want to talk about how they haven't made any improvements, they haven't gotten any better, they still stink, to me that's just very disingenuous. I think the product that you saw on the ice this year was a lot more competent than last year. Um, the record shows that. Of course, you know, last season was shortened as well. And this season, in comparison to a shortened last season, was short as well. So um, with a division that I thought has been incredibly impressive. I mean, Carolina has taken the next step. The Panthers have taken the next step. We knew what the Lightning had coming into this season. The Predators found their way. The Blackhawks were teasing the playoffs for a while. The Stars, who were just in the Stanley Cup final last year, they struggled this season. They will not be in the playoffs, but still a strong team. And then you have the Blue Jackets, who, to my surprise, the wheels kind of fell off there, but that's neither here nor there. So, um, I guess looking at the season as a whole, um, to me, there's a lot of things that you have to consider when looking at the totality of, of what you saw this year. First of all, there was that one to two week stretch where you really weren't healthy because you had some guys with the COVID bug. Robbie Fabry only played 30 out of 56 games this year. You lose Dylan Larkin for the last like eh, little piece of the season. Seven, and it's well. seven games. Yeah, well, you, you lose him for a little bit there. Bobby Ryan, I don't know if anyone remembers that he was on the team because he only played 33 games this year. That that sucked for not only the wings, because I think Bobby Ryan gave you some production. I mean, early in the season, he was electric and he kind of fell off there. But um, for Bobby Ryan, too, as someone that you were probably hoping to trade if you were the Red Wings, weren't able to do so. I have no idea if, they'll, if they plan on bringing him back next year. Um, I don't. I really, I guess I wouldn't really be mad if they did or did not, but um, looking at your, at your producers this year, Philip Pronick leads the team in points with 26 points. His two goals this year, by the way, were not scored on an actual goalie, two empty net goals for Philip Pronick this year, but 24 assists. Um, the minus 18, 
You don't love it, but it is what it is with a team that we had a minus 44 goal differential, I believe. Dylan Larkin's right there with 23 points. Adam Ernie, if you would have told me at the beginning of the season that Adam Ernie was going to be third on this team in points, I would have asked you what drugs that you were smoking. But, were hey. You, he had that, like on the roller hockey team for the Red Wings? Yeah, like he had that unbelievable. unbelievable stretch of goal scoring and, I, and whatever the point streak was. But good for him as a guy that's an RFA next year. So if you want to talk about a guy that's probably earned another year here with this team, good for Adam Ernie. Phillips Zadina had 19 points this year in 49 games. You're still kind of waiting for Zadina to be like, okay, like when are you going to be able to like be the guy? But I will say the most impressive thing about Zadina only a minus four rating this year. So I think that's incredibly impressive. Um, Other than that, I won't, I won't bore you with points, but that just is what it is. I look at the goalies too. Oh, I didn't even mention too that Tyler Bertuzzi played how many games nine this year. So Whatever people want to say about this team, like not making improvements, looking at the totality of things, you had a lot of guys out of the lineup that, that really were key players um, in this in this season for you. So that's you have to, to, to take that uh, into consideration when talking about this team. Goaltending wise, I honestly you couldn't ask for much more. Thomas Grice with a 912 save percentage, Bernier with a 914. Grice, 2.7 goals against Bernier, 2.99. For a team that did not score a lot of goals in many, many games this year, those two guys kept you in. We'll talk about the goalies in a sec when we get to uh, the roster, but I, I guess here's here's where I'm at as I take a deep breath here. I, I feel like I say this every single season that the Red Wings are doing this rebuild. I cannot wait – to see what happens this offseason. Now we will talk about Jeff Blashill in a moment, but I want to kind of lay Please. this here for, for Red Wings fans. In this upcoming draft in 2021, you have two first round picks, three second round picks, two third round picks, two fourth round picks, two fifth round picks, and your sixth round pick. No seventh round picks. I don't care. Let Stevie White cook. Let him cook. That, that lineup of picks. And Get the European scouts up. That's what, we, that's what we like to see. Okay, sorry. If you're a Wings fan, you got to be hoping that the Washington Capitals just collapse in the first round of the playoffs here because that pick, if they go far, obviously slides down the first round. But, hey, you took Joe Valeno 30th overall in the first round a couple of years ago, so it is what it is. Now I want to look at this roster. And as far as guys that will be back next year, because the one knock on the Red Wings for the last handful of years has been, oh my gosh, do they have some bad contracts? Well, let me tell you something, Wings fans. You only have, I believe you have nine or 10 guys that are under contract for next season. Some of the guys coming off the books, Darren Helm will be 35 years old next year. He was making $3.85 million a year for the last how many years? I have no idea. He will be off the books next season. I really can't see a scenario in which they bring him back. Shocking he's still on the team. Well, Darren Helm's a lifer. But again, that that was one of your bad contracts that we talk about with Kenny Holland. Valtteri Filpula will come off the books next year. He'll be 38 years old. Luke Glendening is an unrestricted free agent. I would. This is one guy that I would actually like to see the Wings bring back. 
there are few guys in the league who are better in the faceoff circle than Luke Glendening. He's a sandpaper guy. I don't know if I've told him. Sandpaper, baby. He is a sandpaper guy. Yeah, I don't can know you expand I, on that? As soon as you said that, I was a hard worker. He's a hard worker. Sandpaper guy. He's, you know, gritty, blocking shots, doesn't mind getting in the corners. He's scrappy. You need sandpaper guys like that. He goes to the areas they don't want to go to. I love that. I love when hockey now is to say that. He goes to the tough areas. Tough I'm like, areas. what is the tough areas? What do you even mean? In the corners, front of the net, battling, <laughs> battling. But I will say, I don't know if I've told this story before, but there was a we had a Zoom meeting. All of the varsity hockey players, or I think all the all the high school hockey teams in Michigan, had the opportunity to sit on a Zoom call with Jeff Blashill earlier this year. And the one guy that that Jeff Blashill talked about as far as explaining to these young players like who you should be modeling your game and attitude after is Luke Glendening. So at 1.8 million that he was making la- this this last season, and I don't know how many years before that, I would like to think that you can get him back. I don't really see him getting a raise. He'd probably be willing to take a hometown discount. I would like to see the Wings bring him back. Other than that, Mark Stahl will not be back next year. He'll be 35 years old. Um, Alex Viega, who will be 34, I can't imagine coming back. Um, You stop paying Henrik Zetterberg after this year. Bobby Ryan will be off the books. Um, So other than that, too, I mean, hey, buyout history. Steven Weiss, his contract's off the books. You're not paying David Savard and Patrick Namath anymore that you had to do this year and eat their dead cap because of some trades that were made. So I don't want to bore everyone with who is in, who's out. But the bottom line is you have nine to 10 guys coming back on your roster. That includes Dylan Larkin. That includes the Mesnikov. That includes Zadina, uh, Troy Stetcher, Danny DeKaiser's in his last year of his deal next year. Franz Nielsen's in his last year of his deal next year. So the reason why I'm saying this is going to be such an exciting offseason is because now we get to kind of see the guys that Steve Eiserman wants to commit to. Because you have a ton of restricted free agents. Svechnikov's a restricted free agent. Michael Rasmussen, Brome, Erne, Erne. I know I like the like the Russian trade. Adam Ernie, Jacob Rana, <laughs> who will be re-signed by this team as well. Chalowski, uh, Christian Juice, Gustav Lindstrom. Philip Ronick. These are all restricted free agents. Bertuzzi as well. Excuse me, Bertuzzi. These are all guys that the Red Wings have the ability to get signed before anyone else gets a crack at them. A crack at them. And I am so excited to see the pieces that he wants to bring back. Out of all these guys that I just mentioned, there are really not a lot of guys that I think he won't bring back. Christian Jews is kind of a question mark because he will be 27 years old. He was fine this year. Um, Svechnikov, too. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. They hold on to him for one or two more years. Rasmus is the best guy ever. I love, well, I just, he's been, he's been hurt with, he's got the injury bug. So I'd like to see them give him, give him a bit more of a chance. Matias Brome is a question mark. He only had like like two points in however many games he played for the Wings, but I think that's a guy that can be awesome in your bottom six. Um, So that's, yeah. I mean, I'm so excited to see who gets brought back. I, I have to imagine that Tyler Bertuzzi will be re-signed. Just, a, just an absolute bad bounce for Tyler Bertuzzi, who only got to play nine games this year before he went out with his injury. And now I guess if you're a Wings fan, the positive is that he was making $3.5 million this year. You can probably get him for cheaper now that he didn't get to play a whole lot. But that's a guy that needs to be, be brought back, no questions. Collins, I'll let you jump in. What number – 
do you think you're going to have to pay for Verona and Bertuzzi? Just, I think you're going to have to pay Verona. You're obviously going to have to pay Verona a little bit more than Bertuzzi, but what do you think the num- the correct number is for the ones that get them at? I could say, I could see Jacob Verona being signed to a very similar deal that you just gave Anthony Manta. I could see like a four-year deal for four and a half. I would hope they can get him for under five. That's where I think Steve Eiserman can work some of his magic. I mean, Jacob Verona had, eight goals and three assists in 11 games like that. That's a guy that you need to do whatever you can to keep him here. I would like to think they can get him for under five, four and a half to like 4.75. I think would be a great number in my eyes. As far as Bertuzzi goes, I don't know if you can now try to snag him for like under three. I don't know if they'll give him another, just like bridge one year deal say, Hey, you didn't get a chance to show us what we wanted you to, what we wanted to see out of you last year. Cause you were hurt but we'll at least give you one more shot. We're going to have to pay you under three. I, who knows? Tyler Bertuzzi, I, he's one of those guys where I don't know what his thought process as far as like, does he, would he rather go to a better team and, and, and take on a bit of a lesser role? Because Tyler Bertuzzi is a guy that brings a lot of intangibles to the locker room. He's a scrappy player, tough player as well, but he's also one of your, your leading point getters on this team as well. You can't, you can't forget about that. I mean, he, he does produce whether you like it or not. So I think he deserves another shot and he probably will get it. So out of all these guys that I just mentioned, you're going to be moving some guys around. And now, now we start to look at this younger core. That's finally going to get a crack. I, I have to imagine Joe Valeno will be a full-time NHLer next year. Um, Moritz Sider will be a full-time NHLer next year. I am keeping my fingers crossed that they believe that Lucas Raymond is ready to go to be a full-time NHLer next year. So those are guys that when we talk about the Red Wings and all these guys about like, hey, these are the guys that are going to carry the load. I really think that next year is the time that these guys take on a bigger role. And like I just said, a lot of it is because these guys, some of these guys are coming off the books that are clogging up those spots. So I get it as a Wings fan. I, I get so aggravated sometimes looking around the league and I see guys like, why is Trevor Zegras already playing in the NHL? And the Wings the Wings drafted Moritz Sider before him in that draft class. That, that gets frustrating when you see these guys like Cole Caulfield that are younger than some of your prospects or around the same age, and they're already getting the opportunity to play. That's where you got to kind of take a deep breath and say, look, it's very as much as the league is getting younger and you're seeing guys get in the league at a younger and younger age. It's like not common for guys to come in at 18, like Crosby and McDavid and just tear it up. So it's not like these guys, and you have to, you have to consider too in the NHL draft, kids are getting drafted at like 18 years old. They're not getting drafted like the NFL where you're 21, 22. So these guys are all still young. It's just a matter of between the GM and the coaching staff and the guys that get paid to watch these players making the right call on when it's time for these guys to get a crack. We, we saw what Dennis Chalowski, they tried to give him some NHL time. He was clearly way in over his head. And now he's been playing in most of his minutes in the AHL. He got a crack back at the NHL this year. That's a guy that I know that a lot of people are frustrated with, but you have to time these things right. A lot of it has to do with the contract too. You don't want to burn guys when they're not ready to play. So between Raymond, between Sider, Valeno will be a full-timer. You hope that Zadina takes the next step. Verona takes the next step. You, you, You have Larkin back. Things are shaping up, and who knows who you grab in the first round? I don't know if things are shaping up. Let's let's relax on that. 
Well, why, why would they not be shaping? Because up? they're not good still. It's not like they have like three or four guys that you're like, okay, cool. I'm happy that he's on a roster. You were saying this earlier when we were talking about the expansion draft. You're not really worried about anyone taking them because what is it? They protect their top eight or something. It's like their top four defensemen, top six forwards, right? Is it something like that? Well, I, I think it's like eight. It might be eight forwards and three D. That could be completely wrong. But I. But the reason why I'm saying you're not. You don't have. You're like yeah. Take take the other guys. We don't want them. You know what I mean? I'm just. Saying, I know what you're saying, Ravs. That this year is like the first year you could f- fully just be like, hey, this is CVY's like decision. You kind of saw with Verana and the Mantha deal that it was kind of the start of like, hey, I'm gonna start doing like stuff now. I just kind of assessing the situation last year. Now it's I, I'm at the helm and I'm gonna make some moves. I understand what you're saying there. I I totally agree with that. But like, I'm still not excited with anyone that's not named Larkin, Verona, Bertuzzi, and maybe Hironic. You know what I mean though? Like there's so, like the younger guys have not shown enough for me to be like, okay, Valeno's just gonna be that guy. You know what I mean? He's only played a couple of games. He looked good in them, but I I I, I think it's. I mean, in NHL, it could switch and like that. It, I think it, more than any league in sports, it can. Like one year, you're just like, what? Why are the Red Wings good this year? I thought they were supposed to be bad. I I understand that. But I don't know about shaping up yet because I th- there hasn't been that much optimism. I'm optimistic what Steve Eiserman's going to do. But with this roster, I'm not opt- optimistic. Am I crazy I, for saying that? No, I guess that's fair. My whole point with the expansion draft of, of not being scared to lose anyone is more so just from a numbers perspective and how the rules work. You have so many guys that you don't even have to protect because of their contracts and how young they, they are. are. So that's, <laughs> that's that's a positive. Like that, that just It's just the nature of the beast. Um, but I, I would say maybe I just think from my perspective, we've been so we've been so critical of the Red Wings because they haven't really shown you anything. And it's like, yes, I agree, Collins. You look at this team sometimes and you're like, is Vlad Nemesnikov really supposed to be like a, a gunner, like a guy that's going to that's going to boost your rebuild and be a piece? And that's where when you see a guy like him and Stetcher get signed to these like little two year deals for not a ton of money. It's like a Josh Jackson type thing. Like you give a guy a chance to play on a team where he's going to get a lot of minutes and see what he can do. Now, those two guys are still that I mentioned are going to be here next year. But back to my point that I made earlier, these Valenos and these Svechnikovs and these Rasmussens and, and all these names that we've been hearing and the Siders and the Raymonds, it's like, okay, like we see these guys, but they're not like really doing all that much. Now that some of the names that I mentioned way earlier are coming off the books, you have the opportunity to start the season and say, okay, this is the team with these guys in the lineup and a part of the plan versus when is Rasmussen? Keep in mind, Rasmussen was not on the roster to start the year. He was part of the taxi squad. So you sit here the whole year of like, okay, when is Giovanni Smith going to get his minutes? When is Sveshnikov going to get his minutes? Now moving forward with how the roster is looking next year, these guys are going to get to play from the drop of the puck on opening night. That's what I'm excited That's, okay. about. I, I, I understand that. I get yeah. what you're saying there. It's kind of like the Tigers when we were cited, when you're like, okay, now we're finally seeing a school ball. Now we're finally seeing them eyes. Yeah. Like we're seeing some of these prospects that we've heard for a couple of years. But like – at the same time, like the wins are boring. When you talk about Josh Jackson and stuff like that, but like you can't even compare it because Josh Jackson actually, like me watching NBA games when he's putting up like 18 points a game, I'm like, no, what he can. And, and a lot of those numbers are hollow. I will say that because the Pistons are a bad team. I'm just saying, 
the wins were unwatchable this year. They really were. Like, no puck possession. Until Verona got there, I didn't watch, like, a game for maybe, like, a month and a half. Yeah. You know what I mean, though? Like, it, I, the watchability is still not there. And that's kind of how I judge a rebuild. I'm like, is there any interest there? And I, and I hope you're right, Ravs, and that's your, that interest starts to perk. But right now, I have zero interest in the Red Wings right now. And, and maybe it could change in this offseason because you said a lot of those bad deals are off the books. And who knows what Steve Eisenman's plans are going to be. I don't know what the unrestricted free agent class is. I doubt they would go out and spend bid right now with the roster they currently have right now. But I hope, I hope you're right. But right now, I just don't have it. I have no energy for the Red Wings. <laughs> That's fair enough. But like I said, I think you're, you're going to be getting a high draft pick, fingers crossed, this year is that you don't get screwed. No, we'll get seven somehow. Yeah, I'm sure. I don't I don't doubt that for a second. But um, so you have the Blackhawks, first pick in the draft, and I <laughs> jump off my house on Lewis Street. Um, I guess other than that, the, the goalie situation, I don't really know. I mean, you could bring – again, you have Grice for another year. That The whole goalie thing – is tough. I mean, the, the the goalies have kept you in it the last couple of years. They don't really have a goalie in the minors that's like ready to play in the NHL. I'd like to think that they shake Kevin Boyle's hand and Calvin Picard's hand, who have been playing the most part in the in the AHL this year. And you let Fulcher and Philip Larson just take over the net and say, "Hey, you guys are both 23 years old. Go ahead, have a blast." Um, and then as far as guys that you might see too that like haven't been signed yet. Um, Jonathan Bergen has not been signed yet to his entry level contract. Who know? I haven't really paid close attention to him um, in, in his season this year, so I'm not sure if that's a guy that might get signed. Um, Keith Petrozelli is a goalie that I'm very, very high on. He had some unbelievable numbers at Quinnipiac this last year. I would, you have to sign him, I believe, by at some point in August in 2021. So I'm assuming they're going to sign his ass to a deal, and he could see the net for the for the Griffins at some point. Um, next year. So I'll move beyond the roster. Obviously we'll talk about the draft at a later point. We'll talk about the expansion draft as well, but let's talk, let's talk about the elephant in the room before we move on from the Red Wings, Jeff Blashill. So, See ya. Get uh, out of here. See so ya. There has been, there has been some rumblings um, in the media as far as, you know, I, I'm sure Jeff Blashill has gotten the question. I know Steve Eiserman has gotten the question about what Jeff Blashill's future is like. Steve Eiserman is, is kind of kept it close to the chest of like, we'll, we'll eval- like evaluate after the year is over. We've, you know, me and Jeff have had some conversation and whatnot. Um, but it sounds like that there could be a decision made as soon as Monday. Um, in it my, sounds like he's gone, by the way. Huh? It sounds like he's gone, by the way. Well, that's the thing, dude. I don't know because I've heard both sides of the coin of like, it sounds like he might give him another year or two. Here, here's my here's my thing on Jeff Flash. What do you think? I want to know. I want your take. Okay, you, my, would you give him another year? My my piece on this is that I think that I think Steve Eiserman in the back of his mind like has a name or two that he that he thinks that when it's time, this is the guy that's going to take the team to to, to the next level. I, I really do. I think as far as as far as Jeff Blashill is concerned. I think that he is a pretty good players coach. I think that he has shown that he has had success at the minor league level as far as developing talent that has been able to play at the NHL. Not that it's been great, but they've been able to play at the NHL level. I think that the guys like Jeff Blaschel as a person. I know the knock on him 
for the public is like the lineup thing that he jumbles lines. I get that to an extent, but when you have a young roster like this and you have guys that can play multiple positions, especially up front, it's not always the worst thing in the world to move guys and just say, okay, what do we have up here? Who can play what? So I get that to an extent, but the one knock on Jeff Blaschel for sure is like the X is an O thing. The, the power play has not been good in his tenure here. The penalty kill has been whatever. So in my opinion, as long as the message in the room is not stale to the point where guys are like, we walk in every day and it's the same shit with this guy and we don't get any better and we're not improving and no one likes playing for this guy. I don't see the harm in extending Jeff Blashill for one more year, one more year. I think two is kind of a stretch because in my eyes, I told you guys months ago, I think this team is in the playoffs, not this coming year, but the year after, I think this team is making a push for the playoffs. Do I think Jeff Blashill is the head coach when that happens? Not if he gets extended for a year and it's not good next year. I get the sentiment that, look, it looks like from a record standpoint, they haven't gotten any better. There's a couple guys that you're scratching your head of like, God, like Phillips Adina was a high pick. Can you like turn the corner here, buddy? I get it. But when you're rebuilding a team like this, and I think hockey especially, unless these guys, like I said, come to work every day and they're like, God, I'm so sick of hearing this guy talk. We don't get any better. This team's like brutal to play for. If that's the case, then you can shake his hand. But I think for one more year and one more year only, you give this guy the chance to show you something with all these guys that are going to be playing full-time NHL minutes. And at the end of this year, if there's still a bottom three to five team in the NHL, then it's like, okay, Jeff, like it, it's clearly not working out. I, as far as names that are, are like that Iserman could bring in, everyone likes to talk about Gerard Gallant because he played on a, he played on a line with Steve Iserman. I think G- Gerard Gallant is a pretty solid NHL coach. He's shown that to you. I think he, I don't think he's coaching anywhere right now, um, oh. but that's a guy that you could see potentially get the job. Dan Quinn was just let go in New York. I, the Rangers are an absolute mess after that whole like Washington Tom Lowe thing they cleaned complete house now that Chris Drury's taken over there so Dan Quinn could be a guy I don't know if Dan Bilesma could step up and take that head coaching role he's already on your staff but before I turn over to you Collins I 100% understand all of the reservations that people have about Jeff Blashill I know they haven't been good I know it looks like to a certain extent that they really haven't gotten any better but the main priority here with this team is is the, is the message still relevant? Is the message still fresh? Are people bought into playing for this guy? And if the answer is yes, I think one more year is totally fine. If not, shake his hand. Collins, I will turn it over to you. I think your sentiment is wrong when you're talking about Blasio. Like, I, I get what you're I get. I get the sense of, like, the thing, like, hey, if the guy's in the room, like, they're done hearing his voice. Like, it, it, it's It's basically, like – it's whitewash. They're not like hearing anything. I know what you're saying. I, I, if that's on a winning team, that should be the objective. The objective should be, can you develop someone? And this is not just Jeff Blashill. This is an organizational wide thing. And, but like, I like, you can't tell me one guy Blashill say, wow, he's done a lot out of him. You know what I mean? I feel like Babcock and say what you want about Babcock. He got out of uh, got a lot out of some guys that I really didn't think good was that point. talented. Very good point, Collins. So you're like, and, and you, I think you said it right there. If you don't think he's gonna be the guy in the future, 
what's keeping them here now? We're just having this stopgap. Like, hey, we're in a soft net here. We might as well. Why don't you have someone come in and re-energize this group? It's not like Blasio's been here for four years, like three years. What would this be, like year eight? If he if he's the coach about, next year, I don't know about year eight. I'll have to look it up. I, I it could be. Five. I think he took over my sophomore year really? of high school. I'm gonna look it up, but continue. like he's been, it's not like he's been here three years. I have to look this up. Head coach, I, I want to coach since 2015. 2015. So year seven would be next year. Yes. I think I think yes, you gave him a pretty good look. And I'm not saying like he wasn't bad when they had talent. I mean, they went to the playoffs a couple times with him. But like at the end of the day, I, I just like I think you said it, Rabs. It's just like he's not if you don't see him being a coach that's gonna lead you to some sort of playoff success, why would you keep him around for a development stage? You know what I mean? Like yep. you I, I, and I think when the Tigers like hired Darn Hire, they're like, okay, he's gonna develop us as we're going through this rebuild and hopefully he'll get to reap some of the benefits when they're good. I never like I with Blasio right now, it's just like, he's just going to be our coach until we decide we want to be good. That's what it feels like. It really, know what I mean? Like it feels like that. And if you want a guy like Gerard Gallant, just go out and get him. Like just go, like he just go out and get him. I don't think it would be that hard to get done. And, and if you want someone else, that's fine. I just, I just did Blasio. It's just like, it's run its course. And, and I really think his track record with developing guys is not good. And if you're going to continue this rebuild, I think you need a guy who's going to develop players a little bit better. That's totally fair. I Again, I, to, to me next year, do I see this team competing for the playoffs next year? Absolutely not. But you're going to get to see all these guys that we've been waiting in the ranks and you hear all these good things about Cider and Raymond. And I, I really believe that you're going to see them full-time next year. So if you bring Blashill back for one more year and they're still again, bottom, bottom tier team. Absolutely. Like it, maybe it, it's time for an, a kick in the ass. You know what I mean? But there is a certain element too. It's like, it's like the same reason why they're not spending money to go get these big name free agents. I, I don't think the free agent class is great this off season, but it, you know, why, why would you go spend money to get a guy that when you're not ready to make that next step? So to me, it's like, you know, maybe when they have their established core and they realize, okay, these are the guys that are going to be like our full timers. And these are the holes we have to fill. Then maybe you go grab someone to, to re-energize the group. I totally get either side of it. I guess we will find out in the coming days, weeks, whatever. Um, but that, that's just my thoughts. I think one more year really doesn't hurt you all that much. I get the frustration I do because they've been bad for, and then like really bad for a handful of years now, but I won't continue to beat the drum on the Red Wings as I've just been talking in circles. I will now open myself up to media availability. If you have any questions, Trent, or would like to add anything, if not, we can move on to the Tigers. My only question was, as it always is, the goaltender situation. And you did a pretty good job of hammering that. So I'll, I'll put a nice little time code in there in, in our description where Rabs discusses the goaltender situation. That's it. That was a very good expose, little breakdown. Thank you very much. I, I do try. I do try. Go Wings. Yeah, the goalies, Trent, I don't know what to tell you, man. They – they don't really have anyone in the ranks right now that's like ready to jump up to play NHL hockey, which kind of sucks because you look at guys like Carter Hart and Carter Hart didn't have a great year this year, but you know, like some of these guys like Jake Ottinger, um, you know, I, I, you just look around the league and it's like, God, it'd be nice to have like a young stud goalie. They don't have one yet. They don't have one yet. 
But to that to that same point, they really haven't gotten these guys a good enough taste besides Caden Fulcher in the AHL, who I believe recorded his first AHL shutout the other night. So good for Caden Fulcher. So we'll see. That's the Red Wings. The draft is God knows when, like June maybe. Who knows? Um, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the expansion draft later. I'm sure there'll be some Blash Hill news in the coming days or the next week. Um, so we'll talk about that. But let's move on to the Tigers. Three-game win streak for the boys. They're playing the Royals right now as we speak. Um, I guess just some notable transactions. Victor Reyes and Buck Farmer have been sent down to Toledo. Jake Rogers and Eric Haas are up along with Joe Jimenez. Um, there's also some today. Huh? Haas what? two for three today. Yeah, he's batting like 667. Yeah, dude, um, and he, he just struck out looking because the pitch was probably six inches above the strike zone. Horrible call. Hate to see it. Uh, Thank no you, Angel Hernandez. No Mazzara back in the lineup. Um, but yeah, I I really don't have much to say about this team. Trent uh Trent called me late late at night uh the other day after the I was in bed, Trent. I didn't even see your call. Look, when my brother and I get a little tuned up, we always and, yeah, and they were tuned up. And Detroit Tigers baseball is at the forefront of our minds. We call you both and we just want your thoughts. But yeah, Collins was in bed. Sorry, Collins. Ravs was just no, getting was fine. the dogs out. So I had never been more distraught after a win than I was after that 8-7 win over the Royals because your Detroit Tigers were up 7-0 with four outs left in the game and ended it ended up – you had to win it, walk it off in the bottom of the ninth. Yeah, well, what's it called? This Tigers team – I mean, Trent and I – I mean, Trent was tuned up. I was sober, but what's it called? We were, like, putting in the chat – I do think this team will like. I don't think they hit their team total over sixty-eight. I mean, the way they started, it's kind of hard to imagine them doing that. I do think they creep closer to that because, as I was kind of hinting at earlier, they're better than what they played like for that last, for that twenty-game stretch. They really are. Like Jonathan, say what you like. Jonathan Scope started to hit a little bit. Miggy started to hit a little bit. Like the last. I don't think Miggy's been a bat under two hundred. Like, I, Mickey's in a bat like 230 this year. He'll figure it out. You know what I mean? He's just like, I, he'll, he won't hit with any power. Like, and whatever. I mean, Mazzara comes back in the lineup. He, like, weirdly is like a X factor for them. I feel like every time he plays, they win. It's like kind of weird, even though I don't love his bat in the lineup. Grossman's bats perked up. Like, no, like the bats have kind of perked up here. And I think they're starting pitching. It's fair to say that it's like solid. It really, it's like pretty solid. Like Boyd is sneaky making like a Cy Young candidate run, and he's gonna have like zero wins. I don't. What's his ERA now? It's got to be close to like two. I don't know. I'll look it up. But I'll look, look it up. Right. I'll look it up. But I'm just saying, like their starting pitching is at the point where I would say it's like a top half of the league. You're gonna have opportunities to win a lot of games coming down here, and they're not gonna compete for a playoff spot. I really don't believe that anymore. And I did earlier in the year, which is sad because I'm a homer. And it's whatever it is, what it is. But like, I think they're pitching so far. If everyone stays healthy, that this team will be more competitive on a week to week basis, like we thought they would be. Like, I think we're gonna see the team after that. Like, just there was general outrage we, uh, throughout the Tigers. Like, then, like, just like this is a joke. Avila needs to go. I still think Avila needs to go. I do think this team will play better though, and, and kind of like play to what we thought they would be earlier in the year. 
I definitely think that, again, I'm, I, I really have been so sick to my stomach watching some of these games this year. But, Collins, you make a good point. I mean, you see some guys who are starting to turn the bats on. Like, Miggy's, Miggy's starting to, like, contribute to the offense now. Um, Nico Goodrum's batting, like, 250-something, which is, like, I, I really can't. Nico Goodrum is so bad in the field. It's actually comical how often that A.J. Hinch, like, lets him play. It's really it's sickening. Dude, Willie Castro is sneaky awful, too, in the field. He is. He is bad. He's awful. Awful. Nico Goodrum made an error when it was 7-3 to three in the bottom of the – top of the ninth, and he's basically the reason that the, the game even – I don't know, whatever. Greg Soto's no blowing kidding, it dude. right now, too. No kidding, dude. Shocking. Absolutely shocking. But, no, I – they're – their bullpen sucks. God damn. Did I Sorry. think that the, the Tigers were going to be like as bad as they were when, in that little stretch there where we had the episode last week and I lost my mind? Like, no. You know, like you said, Collins, like Mickey's going to find a way to turn it on. He has. Jacoby Jones contributing a little bit as well. Um, but with that being said, it's like I just – Again, I don't know. I mean, the, the Akil the Akil Badu craze has obviously cooled off a bit. I mean, he's batting two ten right now. Like someone's got to show me something. I, I was I was bent out of shape when they sent Victor Reyes down instead of Akil Badu because Victor Reyes is a guy that showed you last year that he can hit if given at bats. And I mean. I get that it, it's not like Victor Reyes has been slighted on at bats the way that he was at the beginning of the year, but he has sixty three at bats. Badu has 81, Goodrum has 103, and, like, Goodrum will play in the outfield sometimes, too. It's a joke. Jacoby Jones has 81, and, like, to Victor Reyes is 63. To me, it's like you're not even going to, like, giving the guy that much of a chance to swing the bat in comparison to other guys, and, like, that's the guy you send down as opposed to Badu. This is this is Badu's first well, time I, I playing think baseball they, in two years. Well, I think if they – I think contractors – I'm not Tractually. saying – Sorry. And okay. we can talk about Franklin Perez. I think it's like a contract thing. If they send down Badu, he goes to waivers like immediately. Okay. I think I I could be completely wrong about that. And what's it called? Victor Reyes. I we had this conversation. We're not gonna argue about that, but like it was like I don't understand what they're doing positional wise sometimes. Like Harold Castro, who's actually been pretty good. All this all the shit I've given Harold Castro the last two years. Why is he on the team? He's a bum, whatever. He's been like 330. So, like, I mean, I can shut my mouth if he's going to hit that way. And he's actually, like, wherever they put him, he's been pretty solid in the field. Like, he made an unbelievable play at third base yesterday. Um, I just don't, like, I, sometimes I'm like, why is Harold Cashel playing center field? Like, can we get Jacoby? About, at, like, you know what I mean? It makes no sense. It like, makes- stuff like that positionally, I don't care. I don't care about it in the lineup. I mean, they won that game, to be fair. But, um. One thing I did like that I've seen over the last week that the, the exchange with Mize and Hinch was like a big meatball fan. Like, I, I love that. Yeah. Like, the factor is like, I want this. He's like, I want you to have it. And he like gets out of the jam. And I, I don't like, is it crazy for me to say that this team plays 500 ball the rest of the way? No, not at all. Collins, I think there's a ton of reason for optimism. Hey, you think it's crazy? I, I, tr- if they're, they are good at, p- they have good starting pitching. I don't like Spencer Turnbull consistently good. Matthew Boyd has been one of the best pitchers in baseball this year. Urania has completely turned it around. If your mice controls the fastball, like he, I mean, he's inconsistent. So you're going to get a couple of bad outings, but he can like put together a pretty nice outing. Scooble had a really nice outing last time against Minnesota. I'm just saying, like, even though this bullpen is, brutal like absolutely buns 
Like your starting pitching is going to give you opportunities if you hit the baseball to win some games. So I, I really think they could go 500 going rest of the way. I do have some breaking news here that I want to share coming off the heels of my Red Wings talk. Christian Jews has signed a two-year contract to play in Switzerland. So he will not be back with the Red Wings next year. So cross, hey, cross him off the list. Another door, another door open for Mo Sider, baby, to sit in that top four. You love to see it. So I'm sorry. I I don't mean to get off that, get off that page. It, Colin, as far as them playing 500 baseball, dude, their bullpen's like bad. They in like they Fulmer's a good though. He's in right now, but who Fulmer? Fulmer, yeah, dude. They use oh yeah, that's fine. That's that's all fine and dandy, but it's like they're, they're like I gotta watch Joe Him Jimenez get his like oh, here's well, his it, shot. here you go, Joe. Here's your I'm glad, you brought that up. I'm glad I'm so glad you brought that up, Rams, because that game against the Royals that ended up eight seven when you're up seven zero with four outs left turned on a dime when right. Joe Jimenez stepped onto the hill. Like that's my only thing with Hinch. I know I defended the guy at the top of my lungs last week, and I still am fine with him, but I just the the right guys need to be in. There's there's absolutely no reason that Joe Jimenez should be getting chances. And I understand if you're going to give him a chance, it's going to be in the ninth inning when it's 7-3 and, and stuff like that. But it's like, dude, he's just not good. Like, if I see him at all, again, the rest of the season, I will be livid. Well, that's – I think that's more on a view. Like, you can't promote him. Like, what are they – like, let it uh, – I understand there was a time where it's like, wow, he's one of the best, like, relief pitching prospects in baseball. And that was at a time where the Tigers were kind of competing yeah, a little once bit. Once upon too. a time, once upon a time, a lot yeah, of yeah, that was like four years ago. Can we get over it? Like, just like I don't need to see him anymore. I really don't. But the bullpen, like Cisnero, was good today. Soto is so he's just so inconsistent. Yeah, I know. I, I'm I'm off the Soto train. He was my Tiger last year. I'm I'm off the Soto train. I'm not off Soto, but Michael Fulmer is legit turned into a, like a piece, like in the pen. Like he is awesome in the pen. And like he, you can use him for two to three innings. You can use him. Know what I mean? Like he is kind of turned into a piece. His narrow is everyone is inconsistent, but like Fulmer, it's been weird that Fulmer. It's like okay, they need two outs. They're putting in Fulmer. Hey, Fulmer just closed the deal. That. By the way, I'm sorry, Collins. I know you're a little behind, but Fulmer just struck out. I don't know who. Does he? I'm about to. Yeah, Tigers win four three. This team's going streaky. Four you games. It. You heard it here first on the Motown run. Now the Tigers have won on Thursday. When you hear here this, we go. Friday, Let's go. The Tigers are now four and one since the last time we recorded. Miguel Cabrera, the last time we recorded, was hitting 98. He's now hitting 160. Yep. I gave I everyone a baseball. The ass. I, I come in and pound the table. Thank you, Robs. Thank you. I got everyone going. Miggy Mikey Fulmer. Mikey Fulmer is the man. We all love our baseball team. Go get them, Tigers! World Series bound and we're running with steam. Go get them, Tigers! Okay, sorry. I, am, I, am sorry. I just saw the strikeout. Sorry, I just was fired up. I have one gripe, okay? I have one oh, – I have a few gripes. I don't know, but I have one that I – dude. That slider was nasty. One that I really want to mention is is just the Goodrum thing. And, and Rabs, I know you'll probably take him out and rip him a new one after, mm-hmm. after I say my piece here, but – I just can't see him play every day. He's playing every day. And, like, I, I can't. Yeah, just he hits. He, he has – he's been pretty solid at the plate. He's like, bad in the field. And my thing is, like, it's just – with at least with a guy like Grossman, it's like he was signed in the offseason. Like, he's not, a, he's not a rebuilding reject who's been on the team since 2017. That's what Goodrum is. And I got I got to listen to Dan Petrie, who I love, by the way, and Matt Shepard 
on the broadcast saying that Nico Goodrum is so much better, dude. Saying that Nico Goodrum is growing up at the plate when he is now hmm, 29 years old. That's awesome. Dude, he strikes he's out. Good. What are we doing? Much. I don't understand this Goodrum hate. Fine, he's bad in the Collins, field. It's he not sustainable. Gets on base. Yeah, but he it's gets not on base. Collins, you know it's not sustainable. He's gonna finish the year hitting. Two- I understand that, but there's a reason why he's in the lineup. We're acting like he's batting two fifteen. He's batting like two sixty, and he's actually like he. The thing about Goodrum is he's a big time. Like if there's two guys on, he won't get a hit. I will say that, but he'll he, he he'll get a, he'll get an inning starting started. Like get a nice little like today he did. I really liked his approach when he, he he has the whole right side of the infield open. He's like, okay, I'm gonna let this ball travel and get a single to the right side. I love that. Love that approach. Dude, I, I get what you're saying with Goodrum sucking in the field, but so is Willie Castro. And Willie Castro, I, I mean, I'm higher on Willie Castro than most people. He can't lay off a high fastball right now. I, I understand, but my thing is that Willie Castro has been on the team for a year and a half. Not a Castro needs years. to play more, actually. And, and that well, I was just gonna say you just you just beat the drum for Harold Castro, and I completely agree with you. I'd rather see him than Goodrum. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know where this they – Haas guy. Let this Haas guy play first and put Scope at second. Yeah. I do like what Haas. What are you going to do? I know he's only played I, one game. I'm just so over Goodrum, man. And I, I know I'm, I'm probably overreacting because he's, like, not bad. It's just, like, he's okay, and he's been on the team for four years, and there's no juice with Goodrum. At least yeah, for- I get that, but, like, I, I don't know. I think he's been – I think he's been, like – the best you're going to get out of them. I think they've used them decently well. And I think they've realized they're like, okay, Willie Castro is unplayable almost at shortstop. That's how bad he is defensively. And I think Goodrum is better than him defensively. Like, I don't, I, I, that's not, no, I really do shortstop. That's why he's out there. And that they're like, okay, I guess we'll try and make Willie into second baseman or we'll try and make Paredes into a second baseman who's been playing at second base in AAA every once in a while. Nice research. Um, that's great. Yeah, he he's they they've been putting them there like every third game basically, sort of. But I, which I like because I think that's the only spot Paredes is going to get an opportunity to play at. Um, last last thing I was going to say, it's kind of nice like with the younger catchers with Rogers and Haas that have been coming up. It's nice to see a catcher who's actually like pretty solid defensively, and I think both of them are pretty decent defensively compared to what they have. Like I thought, Briner was like, oh, I guess he can call a good game. I was wrong. I just haven't seen a good catcher in a while. Like Rogers, like has a cannon. Like there, there was a bunt the other day that he got up out of his stance and made a really good yeah. play, throw down to first base. Strike, man. Uh, like you actually see a c- catcher like framing a pitch into the zone. It's it was like kind of refreshing. So I, I like I would look. I'm not gonna say I want Wilson Ramos out the entire year because I think he provides a nice bat and nice power numbers your lineup, but I, w- I wouldn't hate it to see Haas and Rogers here long-term and you just let Reiner sit and trip away for a little bit. Yep. Well, I don't really have much else here with the Tigers. Obviously we still have a lot of season left to cover, so I guess we can move on from those well, guys. Let me say this uh, to count real quick to Collins's point about 500 baseball. It is time to win some games, man. You got series against you. You just swept the Royals. And then you've got series against two teams who are hovering right around 500, the Cubs and the Mariners. They're going to sweep the Cubs. They're yeah. going to win their next seven games. They're going to get right back in the chase. Let's go, Rabs. Go win some games. That's all <laughs> I to say, Rabs. Go win some games. I actually don't believe anything I'm saying. I just need I need a sports team I can watch this summer. Yeah. I just – I need one. Like, so bad. All right. Well, we'll move from Colin selling false hope about the Tigers and go right into – All right. I got a pyramid about too the for Rabs. 
If you start also, at the man, bottom, you can get to the top. I'll yeah, tell you that. Trent, the uh, 2021-22 schedule for your Detroit Lions is now official. Roar! Um, I know that you are fired up. <laughs> Did you just roar? Yeah. <laughs> I was the roar. <laughs> oh, I was like, wait. I was like, what the? Okay. <laughs> that works too. But, hey, uh, schedule's out. Um, obviously, we've known who the opponents were going to be for quite some time now, but it looks like the Lions will take on the San Francisco Trey Lances come week one. I'm curious to see if uh, – there's no way he's starting week one. Oh, but no, no. Um, what do we think? What do you think, Trent? What do you got for us? I am sure you'll give us some it. eleven and six record and they backdoor into the playoff, whatever. I, I love I actually love the schedule. When we games. found out who the opponents were, I think everyone kind of was like having oh, no. nightmares because yeah, it just but the way <laughs> it shook out, honestly, is one of the better if you were just to like put like a, put all the teams in a hat and draw them out, like this is one of the better draws here because I, I was concerned about a lot of the away games being against cold weather teams, but those are kind of more towards the fall and beginning of the season. Um, you know, you got the Steelers and the Browns right in the middle. You play all three away division games by week five, which is ridiculous that that's a thing. But you got a tough start. I love it. I love it though. You know, you don't have to. You, you play in Lambo week two, not week seventeen. You play. I, I'm gonna tell you something. Week three. That dude, I, I, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen with the Rodgers situation. I, I stand by the fact that I think he's starting week one. He'll figure it out or whatever. He's going to play one more year there, and then he'll move on. I am – that could be borderline, like, embarrassing. Week two, national TV, and it's the <laughs> Packers. Like, Rodgers is all pissed off. They I, Like, that could be, like – it's the best Monday night like schedule because they I think they just they figured out like okay Monday night football has sucked the last say three years let's actually get them some good games and they actually gave them some nice games this year I think that that's borderline the worst game in the schedule because I think the Lions need to house that game well I don't like that it's we two either like Dan Campbell's just getting his feet under him like I could see him doing something bonehead on national TV and everyone's like Oh, this Dan Campbell guy, and I'm like, oh no, like, what, <laughs> what's going on? I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, he punches the ref in the face, and then we yeah, we're like, oh. The other thing Dan Campbell to... throws a chance. He does like a Jim Schwartz. He throws a challenge red when he can't. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, not again. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, oh no. Throws a challenge flag on a scoring play that is factually the only automatic. Alex Jones, baby, I was there. Thank you, Jim Schwartz, one of the best pitchers of all time. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving here, six points. But yeah. um, the, having the bye in week nine, that is a, that's a big win for your Detroit Lions. Right in the middle of the season, the schedule's very Yeah, tough. thank God it's not like week two like it always is. Yeah, like, yeah, week, week four, the earliest possible bye week, they give you week four. But, okay, now this is where, this is where I'm probably going to get off the wagon, but I need you to let me finish my spiel, and then I will let you guys rip it up. Uh, I, if I had a gun to my head, I'm, I'm in a 17-game season, I think the Tigers are going set the Tigers – the Lions are going seven and ten. I think they'll be. I think they'll be better than people think. NFL Network has them right now at thirty-two in the in the whatever off-season power rankings. They're not going to be the worst team in the NFL next year. Not. You got Jared Goff. You got a great old line. You got a good coaching staff. You're not going to be the worst team in the league. Um, yeah, Goff is not bad. Swift is awesome. The old line is the best part of your team. The defense and the pass rush can't be any worse than they were under Patricia. I love Lynn's offensive scheme. The over-under in Vegas is five and a half wins. Easiest bet of my life. 
Over. Oh, my God. Get out of here. I'll dude. tell you where. I think you get two or three wins in the division. Probably. Yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you where. I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you. They go on the road to Lambeau. Win by 30. We're 10 months away. Trent's, Trent's already got the wins for me. All right. Go ahead. Excuse me. Two or three Two or three wins in the division. Um, Because I really don't think the division is going to be that good. I think we went from seeing the NFC North being maybe like the second or third best division in football the last five years to now being maybe the worst. So especially if Rodgers is gone um, and you got the whole Andy Dalton situation and Kirk Cousins is all of a sudden the best quarterback in the division, but whatever, neither here nor there. I think you get two or three wins in the division. You can absolutely beat the Bengals at home. You can absolutely beat the Eagles at home. The Steelers ain't any good. The Broncos as they currently are. I know the Steelers aren't any good. The Lions aren't any good. Dude, yeah. But what I'm saying is like, these are the games you could win. Like, these are the games you could win. I'm giving you the games you Trent, could. This win. defense is so bad. It was last year. Oh my god! Didn't have any pass rushers. You drafted two. You signed Brockers. I, I, Trey Flowers is healthy. You brought Aquara back. I just think the and then the, the other thing with the Lions is they always surprise a better team every year. It just happens. So you can chalk up either 49ers, Ravens, Browns, Rams, or Seahawks. They'll beat one of those teams, and then they'll get two or three wins in the division. They'll beat the Bengals, they'll beat the Eagles, they'll beat the Steelers, in my opinion. I'm going to that game, by the way. It'll be a lot of fun. But that's all. That's all. I know it's way too early to get into all that, but I genuinely believe the Lions are going to win over over five and a half with a gun to my head right now. So come 2022, I think we'll be in a situation where we're like, kind of like the Pistons are right now, where it's like, okay, you saw something in one year, and then the next year the expectations rise. And hopefully you don't have the sixth hardest schedule in the NFL when you're supposed to have a fourth place schedule. I don't understand that algorithm, but it is what it is. I want your guys' thoughts. Trent, come on. Can I, can I ask you one more question before Collins and I jump in here? Of course. Where, what week do the Lions get their first win? Week one. Dude, oh get out. Trent, stop. Stop, dude. Stop. <laughs> week one. Stop. They, what, what is that outrage? Lions, I, I know, Trent, I know I just got on, like, the, like, let's be super positive train with the Tigers because I'm just, like, an emotional rut that they're not good right now, but like we need to bring it back to the earth. There's zero chance they week win week one. Week zero. one, home opener. Dan Campbell. They got no tape on this scheme. They got no tape on. Got no tape on this. What do you think they're they're reinventing the wheel with this scheme? Like I don't yeah. think it's gonna matter. But we got <laughs> a warrior as our best quarterback. Like our defense stinks right now. I think guys are making strides. <laughs> you are. I, I love it. That is unbelievable. I, I don't care. <laughs> well, they'll figure it out. I think guys make strides. I think Okuda has a really nice first game. I think Michael Brockers makes a statement. And- that's a really nice first game. Yeah, what I a line Brockers. that is. That's, that's, that's Trent's rationale of how they're going to win week one because Michael Brockers is like the game changer. Trent, right. you need to re- – when Gridiron retires, God willing, he gets a lot more years. You need to take over as Gridiron. I'll look into it. You would be fantastic. Yeah, I'll have my people get back to your people on that, Collins. What, <laughs> what are your guys' what are your guys' thoughts? Come on, schedule. What do you think? I, I got them at seven and ten, over five and a half wins. Let's go. One I five. hate that. I hate that. I we've talked about this. I hate the 17 games. I've told you guys this. My thoughts on the Lions. I think they're full rebuild mode right now. I think they're gonna stink this year. I think they're gonna get a top five pick next year. So I I I I I think five. It's reasonable that they could get the five or six, but I can't. I don't see them like any scenario where they get to seven. I'm being honest. Okay, perhaps. I I really don't have a number for you, just because I think there's still some things that you got to see in the off season as far as like 
I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to be the court. Here's the thing, Trent. If he ain't the quarterback for the Packers, he's either going to be the quarterback for the fucking 49ers or the Broncos, and you play both of those teams. (laughs) You're not not escaping Aaron Rodgers this year. Best case scenario, he holds out. You get the win against the 49ers. You get the win against the Rodgers Packers, and then he goes to the 49ers. Whatever. But I – Honestly, man, it, it's not a knock on the Lions. I understand they're rebuilding and they're like doing it the right way. I just, their schedule is so tough. And I don't know, I say, like I've been saying for the last handful of years, the division's not that good, but you don't win in the division ever. Like you don't beat the Bears. Like you might Matt sleep. Patricia didn't. Matt Patricia didn't. I know, I know, but their rosters were better with him. Believe, like, yeah, they like – the rosters were better. So, but I mean, dude, like you just got, you got dealt a shitty hand with, you got to play, you got to play the Cardinals with between Kyler Murray and they have AJ green now and JJ Watt, like they're stacked. You got the Steelers who are always tough. The Browns are, are, are respectable. Now the Ravens, I got to watch Lamar Jackson run the turf off the field in in our own homes like it just and you got to play Stafford who's going to drop 500 yards so I it's not the fault of the Lions the schedule is impossible they're not there yet Dan Campbell is not Bill Belichick at least not yet so I I just don't seven wins dude is is a stretch just from looking at the schedule right now I I love the Lions I'm actually excited to watch this year I'm honestly more excited to watch the Rams and Stafford, but now that that Patricia and Quinn are gone, it has revitalized my interest because that's just how the cycle works as a Lions fan. You get, you get pumped up because you bring in these nice new toys and then they just break your heart for five years straight and you get a new one and you're back in. So I'm excited to watch them. I just, I have my expectations this year. I'm pretty sure I said like 10 and six last year, as I always do. My expectations this year are zero. I, I, I'm just, I'm going to watch. I'm just going to watch football and enjoy it. It's, it is what it is. I'm not, you're not going to hear me on this podcast. Be like, why? I can't believe this. And I can't believe that. And oh my God, you, you won't hear that from me this year. You won't. I, pr- I make that promise to you. I, the, the things I'm watching. If they win week one, are you like, I'm in? No. I, and I'm not going <laughs> to pretend. I'm not going to pretend to be that guy. of like, I knew they were going 10 and seven this year. I won't pretend to be that guy. That's disingenuous. I'm looking at the quarterback position. Do I I want to be able to tell you at the end of this year, is Jared Goff going to be the guy going forward? Who knows? And you're looking at other position groups like the wide receiver core, who's stepping up, who's not, who looks good on defense, who doesn't. That's what I'm giving you this year. I'm excited to watch Lions football because I always am. They will not be good this year. They will not win seven games. And if they do, I will eat crow live on the podcast. That's it. Crow, Crow is going to be consumed. Crow is on the menu, fellas. Let's go. Ten and seven and ten. It's happening. Nail it into your brain. Okay, dude. Seven and ten is out. Still not making a playoff. No, I know, but it's better than, than I got guys. You, I, I would rather. Why would you want them seven and ten? We're like taking like tenth pick out and, and have like no idea what we're doing at QB. I'd rather them be bad. Yeah, well, that's just – that's the Collins mind. Well, if they go 7-10, Trent, in your scenario, I do think – even though there, I feel like there wouldn't be that much suitors because I feel like the quarterback market is, like, not diluted. I feel like they're, like 
I feel like everyone's like, okay, there's six everyone's more guys set. coming on the draft. I think it feels like everyone's set. With yeah, know what I mean? It's like the first time in a really long time. I feel like, like you said, everyone's set. So even if golf is good, I don't know where they would go with him. So I don't know. Unless golf like turns into like an MVP candidate in this year with Detroit, I'm very interested to see the whole his tenure in Detroit. So that's like the one thing I'm looking forward to in the schedule to see what Jared Goff does. It's going to be good. He's got DeAndre Swift. He's got a great O-line. He's going to be solid. Okay. I hope. I hope. That's all I got. All right. Well, hey, September 12, 2021, 1 o'clock at Ford Field. That's where the Lions will take the field for their first regular season. We're down the field. A Lions team that will not yield. Sorry. Trent, trifecta, please. I'm in a singing mood today. All right, we can rip through this. <laughs> Collins is singing. Um, first question, kind of, I guess, segueing us into the trifecta. What, what game are we going to? I figure we should have an on-air discussion here. My brother Brock and I are going to take these guys, Rabs and Collins, to a game, and we don't know which one. I am of the mindset that we should go early season because Agreed. it will we'll be, like, more bought in. The tailgate will be a lot warmer, you know, things like that. So I'm thinking Ravens week three. That's just off the cuff. Like, that's the idea. I'm in. I'm in. I'll be walking out of the Ford Field, and the Lions are now 2-1, and one, and I'm listening to Rabs buying in. Well, I can promise you that I won't be buying in. I'll, Trent, whenever the tickets are available, bro, I'll cut you a check and I'd be happy to do it. I agree with you that it would be nice to not tailgate outside in, like, December. Here comes the train. You hear it? Yeah. Doesn't it feel like you're back at Michigan State? What a hack job. Here comes the train. Trent, I'm willing to go to whatever game you want to take me to. I'm fine with going to the – it's passed. I'm fine with going to the Ravens game. Here it is. Um, but the thing is, like I said, they could lose 45 nothing. So if you want to sit through that, that's fine. But I guess like while the juice is still there, because if we see the Lions, I don't care to watch like the Lions and Eagles or the Bengals. Bears could be an all thing. It's Thanksgiving. I'll go to any Lions game. Any game Trent oh, no, says I can go to, I'll go. That's the game. Sign me up. That's the, the game. That's the yeah. Raven. That's it. We'll pencil it in. We'll pencil it in. Ravens game. Get, your, get someone to work the camera for us, too. Maybe we'll actually record it and save it and be able to post the video. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. Up in, up in section 319, 318. I forget what section I'm even in. Haven't been there in a year. Whatever. Um, second question. How bad is Jake Rogers' mustache? Was. What do I think Trent's question? Trent, you back? Yeah, I'm back. Sorry. I don't know. Wait, 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 okay. Let's, we want to guess. Collins and I are going to guess what your question was. And then oh, you can okay. ask the question. What is the temperature you do your laundry at? <laughs> That's, that was so bad, Collins. Um, Trent's question is I don't even have no guess. No guess. Sorry. I, bad radio. Go, Trent. The question is, how bad is Jake Rogers' mustache? I like it. You like it? I think he looks. Yeah. He looks like the Pringles logo. It has a. It's good for a catcher. If he was like a second baseman, <laughs> it would be undoable. The Pringles logo. Yes, he does. It, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> he looks, I'm, dude. Like he's got the perfectly round face, like perfectly round head, and then he just has this horrific mustache. But. Yeah, hey, hey, like Colin said, he can sort of fr- – he calls a nice game. He can frame pitches every now and then. He's got, he's got a rocket of an arm. He's been hitting a little bit. That could be your guy. 
having having that aggressive of a mustache and being under 30 years old is like a huge look at me thing and i know this because you're i right. you know what you're right that's a good I did point it, i did it during quarantine of like doing like the fu manchu and like just like oh yeah i'm gonna go out in public and people are gonna look at me like wow this guy like crushes beers and like eats pizza every day like that just so, yeah this guy had 12 blue lights and he's like sober he's yeah like, this so guy- if, jake, if jake rogers you know who that you know what who's like the epitome of that. And I actually love this kid. Collins is your buddy, Ryan. Who? Ryan Gashki. Gashki. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, had, he had like, but the, my here's, let me explain it. Cause the he had a mullet, he had a mustache. He had the mustache and he had the mullet. And like, I look at this guy and I'm like, dude, like I can't wait to just be around you for the rest of the day. You know what I mean? You, you and Yashi would get along. Big Red Wings guy. He knew, he knew exactly what he was doing by walking in with the mullet and the mustache. You know what I'm saying? He knew what he was doing. So Jake Rogers, you're what, like 26, 27 years old. It's the first time you're seeing, you're seeing major league time, like in a year or so. It's like, dude, if you were batting like 275 and it could be like a Gardner Minshew, like Minshew mania thing, like it's like, oh, it's like, it's Jake Rogers. Like this is the guy. I'm like, he's all over social media. Fine. But like, you're not very good, Jake Rogers. So let's, let's cut Let's cut the act and start hitting the baseball. I, w- I will say this. His swing looks a lot better than it did last time he's up. He's not with the huge lead kick. It's a lot shorter. Great. All I know is, all I know is that trade is one of the worst in Tigers history. And especially yeah, Franklin Perez. Cut and drawn. Actually, I they they're gonna re-sign him, so it's not a technically cut. But he's like on the shelf for another year because his shoulders messed up. So yeah, whatever. So yeah, he's is never gonna happen. That's my mustache take. All right, final question: Are you guys watching the dozen, the barstool trivia thing? Yes. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yes. It's so entertaining. I, I had no idea this was happening, and then my brother Brock got me on the I got me on the train on Monday, so I've been watching intently all week. Who's your so team? What's it called? Is that? Do you? Th- I. Are you guys good at like bar trivia? Because yes. I went to you are Ravs. I love it. Yes. Because that the thing about bar trivia is like people are like, I'm obviously good at sports trivia. I watch a lot of sports. I'm good at like TV trivia. I watch a lot of TV, like stuff like that and pop culture. But like people every time I talk about it, you say, Oh, we would crush it. I'm like, no, we don't have like a scientist in here. You need someone like randomly who's like knows things like Okay, equal distance of this is this, like, or a geography guy. Yeah, like I, I, Tommy, people Tommy, always Tommy, at the trivia is so easy. It's not. Tommy Smokes can just look at a country and know what it is. Like, yeah, but he studied it. He studied it. Yeah. Yeah, but you know how many countries there are in the world, and like, you gotta no. remember the, you gotta remember the shape of the skinny. Well, maybe he's had a photographic yeah. memory. Yeah, that's that's wild. That, that's what that's what Dave said. That was pretty funny. He was Who's like, your team? What? "Who's your team, Trent?" Dude, I don't – I haven't seen everyone go yet, so I don't really have one. I know it's like the playoffs now, but it's like I wasn't – Screaming watching. Haunters. Go Haunt. Haunt, Who's Haunt. on that team? It's uh, Cooley Mitt and like uh, – I think it's Cooley Mitt, Robbie, and Ben oh, Mitz. I like Coley. <laughs> I do too. Haunt, Haunt. Cool. And I just like that their name is the Screaming Haunters. <laughs> Dude, I like I like PFT's team. What, what are they called again? The experts. The experts. I like them. You know who's like sneaky, unreal personality at Barstool is large. No, he's hilarious, dude. My team, I love, I love, both of my teams are now out. I love Chicklets because I listen to Chicklets like every week. And I love the Barstool Chicago guys. Dude, like, bar, I, do you guys listen to Dog Walk? Yes, I listen, I listen to like four. And that's, I was going to pitch that we should start doing something like this when they do the draft. I it's listen. On, to I like, listen. That's like appointment viewing for me. 
I listened to like four or five episodes of them doing the draft, like different drafts on my way to Chicago. I'm also going to Chicago again tomorrow, but um, hanging out with the boys, hanging out with the fellows. Yeah, just, just hanging out with the boys. It's a, it's we got a birthday in one of my friend groups. We're going to see him. He lives in Chicago. We'll, we'll whirly ball action on Saturday night. Unreal. You are, di- <laughs> you are. You're just sweating up a storm while you guys are going to the bar. Oh, no, I'll be wearing, I'll probably be wearing my like Canadian tuxedo with like the Levi's jean jacket. I'm going to sweat through it playing whirly ball. You're like, like trying to buy a girl a drench. She's like, sir, can you go like take a shower? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. But yeah, that's all I got. Good dozen. Yeah. Good episode. I almost says good dozen. I was going to say good try. Shot <laughs> I do. Oh my God. I love trivia. I pitched this group that I'm going to Chicago with. I pitched like, Hey, let's go find some trivia Friday night. And I got, I got guys in this group. Like, no, like that's just a waste of time. Like, okay. Well, bar <laughs> trivia is like Tuesday nights. Like it's yeah. like, okay, we got to yeah. get someone in the bar. Let's hit the old geezers in on a Wednesday. And I put love the kids trivia. to bed. Oh my God. I love it. I can't explain. Doesn't crunchies have trivia? Oh, uh, I don't, they didn't this year. Tin can did though. I went to that once came in third place. Try As I, you know, we didn't come in third place. I won, I won trivia. I shouldn't say I won. My team won a green dot one time and I never got, I never got a share of the gift card that we won, which is kind of, kind of bitter about, but Trent, are you not, so you're not in East Lansing for the summer. Uh, I'll be back and forth. I'll be here Thursday through Sunday, and then I'll be in Grand Rapids. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah that's a good time to be in EL. That's a good setup. That's a, no <laughs> secret. No secret. Yeah. I'll probably be up. At, I, there's no reason for us to talk about this in the podcast, but I'll probably be up at the end of May. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, hey, what are you doing tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. We're out of here. That's all for today's episode of the Motown Rundown for Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins. I am Ryan Rabinowitz. Submit any questions, comments, or suggest topics for the show at Motown underscore rundown on Twitter or on Facebook at the Motown Rundown page. Don't miss a single episode of the show. We are on Apple Podcasts and we are on Spotify. New episodes every single week for you. We'll see you next time.